0: Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 2nd, 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking Bitcoin is next Bitcoin. Be a unique beast. We got two unique beasts here today. Fitting it is overrated. One day closer to a trillion dollar market cap again. This game is not rigged. But is Bank of America rigged? We'll talk about that tonight. In motion. All right, I am offended by selling. This is where the big boys play, and I got some big boys here today. My brother is here to talk about Bank of America. How are we going to tie this in the Bitcoin? Oh, there's many ways we could talk about his Bank of America issues and time in the Bitcoin. First of all, I want to say hello to my elite friends. You can ask us questions here, but my brother's got a story, He's he's got to share it. 26 Bitcoin make you a millionaire today. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, and by the way, as all of you know, we only do shows now when I can raise $100 per show. Uh, we are still $63 away for me doing another show. This show was planned in advance. It's my, it's my brother doing all the talking and he's my brother. we just, you know, just doing it like this and it's, it's real easy to do. So this is not an official show, but last last time we raised uh, a good amount of money, but we, we're still 63 short. Thank you, CS2, Towers Comics, Jason Cola and Johnny NY for the support during the last show. Keep on pounding that like button people and uh, send those super chat, ask questions. Tell us the Bank of America story. Go for it.
1: Adam, thank you for having me on. Um, so I, um, I'm i really appreciative of this time because I, I have always said in both my professional and personal life that sunlight is the best disinfectant. And I feel very strongly that consumers need to know about what has happened to me and what I've had to endure uh, for over a year now. After having been a preferred customer at Bank of America, uh since right around when i graduated from college which was in- no don't say when don't
0: say when don't say when. i don't want to figure out how old i am
1: <laughs> all right well it's been it's been a long time i've been a preferred customer of bank of america so um my grandmother actually got me this account i went in with her i got this account I, it was when actually banking was done in a way that was very civil and you felt like you could trust um your banking partners And they cared about you and you would grow together, so on and so forth. Anyway, um, last July, July 2020, um, July 4th, 2020 came and went. And on the morning, I think of July 6th, 2020, I was alerted uh, via an email from Bank of America um, that, you know, that did I do something to like my account? I don't remember the exact uh, details, but it was it was basically uh, confirming that I had made some change to the account. I had not made any changes to my account. I was sleeping. So I immediately, um, you know, got figured out and called Bank of America. Um, I was not able actually to get into my Bank of America account. If I recall correctly that time, the reason I can't recall correctly is unfortunately this was not the last time this happened. Um, but long story short to summarize uh, a gentleman, a um, gentleman, g- got into my Bank of America account by calling into Bank of America, use it, literally calling into Bank of America and posing as me over the phone. They were able because they had gotten a hold of my personal identifying information um, that that was not my login information but my you know personal information that can be leased from different online sources um, they were given access to my account and the Bank of America Associated helped this person change uh, my address in my account. They also gave this person access to my online banking. Um, And so long story short, to summarize, uh, in July 2020, uh, I was able to ultimately get back into my account and see that this person put his address into the account, wrote himself a check for my account, and also tried to purchase a car on an online car website from my account. He got into multiple accounts. I had multiple Bank of America accounts, so he did not just access one account. He accessed my personal account, my in my checking, my savings, my business, my credit cards, all completely taken over um, by someone who did not have to in any way verifiably prove that they were me. Uh, and I thought I had, you know, authentication processes in place. Uh, So, of course, I reported this to my local police jurisdiction because I had the person's name, I had the person's phone number, I had the person's uh, address, or at least what this person was claiming to be the address because he wrote himself a check that, that was pending, basically, in Bank of America. It took Bank of America a few days. I think the check actually ended up going out to the person. That's how slow they were to try to remove this person from my account. Um, and I will say that ultimately I was reimbursed for all the money that they, this person attempted to take out of my account. However, what left, and and I set up as many roadblocks within bank of America as bank of America would allow me, including two-factor authentication, passcodes, so on and so forth, verbal passcodes, uh, ways in which, you know, to get into my account would make it more difficult. Um, so I, I thought, and and of course this was very troubling. It was happening during COVID, and I had I was not able to go into the banking center during that spike in summer COVID last year. So some of my accounts I could change, I could open new accounts, but other accounts they would not let me come open up until I came into the banking center. So that took many months. So holds were put on some of my accounts. I couldn't close them right away because of course I'm paying bills for my account. So this was a this was a traumatic event for an individual who did nothing wrong. Um, and Bank of America, every time I called Bank of America, I got a different story as to what exactly happened. They weren't exactly able to explain it, um, but they, they you know, said everything would be okay and, and yada, yada, and I should keep banking with them. So long story short, by the end of July, I had not only filed the police report, I'd followed up with my local police department. And they basically said that it's very hard with these people who steal identities and, and do online or cyber financial crimes, especially when it's less than $100,000 and so forth. Um, you know, This is not something that um, it's it's a, not a big priority and it's not easy to track down. And a lot of people will change dresses very quickly and it'll be like a drop house, yada, yada. So basically long story short, it was dropped by law enforcement or if, if it was ever taken seriously. And Bank of America also did not cooperate with law enforcement in any meaningful way um, because they have the wherewithal sort of like, like a den of ill repute where money is coming in and out all the time. And it's imagined sort of being run like like a criminal organization. They're able to pay it off and not ask any questions and basically um, make it better for this individual, uh, you know, banking client. But um, in the process, they don't share very readily with law enforcement what could have happened. So as a result, law enforcement doesn't readily follow up with Bank of America because they know Bank of America doesn't prioritize uh, necessarily working with law enforcement to help track down these criminals. These are absolute criminals. So by August 2020, I, was, I felt in a better place. I had set up different external third-party vendors. So set up similar to what they do in sort of Brazil, where I had the opportunity to live earlier in my life, where you basically have to have a private you know, security team in order to live safely. Um, it's sort of the same idea, of course, now in this country, whether people realize it or not, that's what LifeLock is. That's what these third party vendors are to protect you because law enforcement and or the normal criminal justice system is not there to protect you. So there's, there are these third party vendors people pay. So I, you know, I LifeLock, other things like that. So i set up all these different processes, frozen my credit, all these things. So I go into Labor Day thinking everything's fine in 2020 and my life is starting to come back. Obviously, some things are still in transition, but you know things are getting better. Told by Bank of America everything's gonna be okay. Uh, July 2021 arrives, which is where we just finished up now. And in the middle of this month, about a year and a week after this first incident occurred to me, I'm woken up on a Sunday morning by an email from Bank of America saying confirming that I changed my contact details. Now, so this time I was able to get into my Bank of America account. Um, And luckily, no money had left my account at this point. And but I did notice that the same city in which the address from the individual occurred last year was now my address again. It was a different address in that city. And it was, of course, in the very um, poorly functioning state of California. This occurred. Let's put it that way um and it was in a part, part of California that is not exactly you know illustrious let's put it that way as well so uh, this is the city where it happened the same city it happened the year before almost the same zip code but maybe like one over so it was a different location it wasn't an apartment it was small, an actual um single family home this time um in any case because i look it up on google maps it's very easy you would think a police department or bank of america with billions of dollars, they would actually try to help their clients and knock on the door if it wasn't for COVID, i would have gone to, to this city in, in california and knocked on the door because apparently my local police department and also the police department that was supposed to be notified by my local police department because when i called the local police department where this occurred they wouldn't deal with me they said i had to go report it through my even though they i could have called them and just said can you just go to this address two years in a row to two different addresses but it was in their jurisdiction but no 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 so even though i had the address even though i had the cell phone number of this person another cell phone number this time um no one no one even though I filed a new report, um, and not, nothing happened. So I asked Bank of America, how could this happen to me? How could this happen to me again? I have a passcode with you. Well, they were able to tell me that someone called up and they were not able to give my passcode, but they were able to work with them in another way. And I said, well, what was that way? And so they didn't give me a straight answer. Um, and then I had to call again. And every, The th- great thing about Bank of America is that they, employ, um, they must pay horribly. So they employ people who are incompetent and incapable. I mean, some of them must be lovely people. But um, most of them are incapable of sticking to a script if you ask the right question. So each one gives a slightly different story. So, of course, when people tell you a different story, each time you start to suspect something. This, what I gathered from talking to multiple Bank of America associates over the phone this time, is that they were able, this is the story, the final story was this. They were able to use LexisNexis to find my um, phone number that's associated with me. And what they did to allow this person to my account, now this, mind you, this the phone number that they claimed that they used was my landline home phone number. Well, what this uh, Bank of America associate told me is that Bank, Bank of America texted that number and the person received the text and repeated back to them the authorization code that was sent to them. And that was the thing that gave them confidence that they could, in fact, um, give this person access to my account and change my contact details in the account because he had picked up that phone, repeated the authorization code back to them. I personally, and I told this to Bank of America, so they have it on tape, which they have everything on tape, but they won't share with me what was actually said um, because they tape every conversation. I personally believe it was an inside job um, from Bank of America. But
0: How, how did he you fake your phone number?
1: You know, and, I, and so I said, so you're telling me, like, in, like something you would see out of a Jason Bourne movie or like a spy novel that like Israeli intelligence, something, you know, so someone somehow put on my my landline, the ability to hijack it and turn it into a cell phone that they could receive texts to. So, I mean, that's really unbelievable, but this is literally what Bank of America has the nerve to tell me. So I said, you know what, that is far-fetched. I don't believe it. I wanna really know what happened. Of course, they they said, we can't share the conversation. You can subpoena it, they said, I said, well, maybe I will. So anyway, they—I called my phone company. My phone company said, "There's absolutely no way. There's no." And my cable company too. I—I called them all. No way that this could happen. There's no way that my landline could have been hijacked, turned temporarily into a cell phone number where someone could re- receive a text. So, Bank of America is lying. Now again, I maybe. They have a really good explanation for this, but again, my my accounts were accessed. My credit card was um, implicated. I had to get all new credit cards again this time, um, and and it was not as dramatic of a heist this time as it was the last time. But um, they refunded me for the credit card, um, you know, expenditure that occurred within hours of this happening. But this time again, because I was asking some good questions, I did get the cell phone number of the person um, who who put their cell phone number in. And this time I said, I'm just, I, I lost it. So I said, I'm gonna call the number. I called the number. Um, again, this is a Cliff Notes version. So I do apologize. Um, I, the, the thing, the biggest mistake I made is not recording every conversation with Bank of America and uploading it to YouTube. Um, but what I what I will say is I called the number and I, the, a man picked up the phone who, let's just put it this way, sounded like his name. And um, he picked up the, the phone and he, um, I said, hello, he said, hello, I said, and then I said the person's name that I remembered from last year that I have a record of. I, I said his name, like, like, how you doing? And I said the name and I didn't say, how you doing? I said, I, I just said his name and he and he said, yes. He said, yes, like, like yeah, that, that's me. Like, and I was like, I'm not a criminal uh, investigator, so I didn't know what to do. So at that point I just hung up and I, I, t- I called back Bank of America. I said, this is happening. I called the police again. I told them this happened. And ultimately no one seems to care to catch this criminal. No one seems to care. He's going to victimize other people. He obviously has my personal information, but he's now done it again. No one is following up on this, not at the city in California. In my local jurisdiction, they referred me to what's known as IC, I think C3 or something like the criminal crimes unit or something online, which I filed a report, a federal unit. So I've done everything I'm supposed to do. a couple days later, I found that someone tried to open an AT&T account in my name, a cell phone account in my name. So I'm still suffering more repercussions from this, clearly. There are so many millions of Americans who have been um, criminalized and, and brutalized by identity thieves. And it's bad enough that that's the case. But to know that law enforcement and most notably Bank of America, because it's so large, is a, is not very cooperative with law enforcement. Very few of these criminals are apprehended, and they they live to criminalize another day. And it's very sad that this has happened to me. Obviously, the number, I, I'm only giving you, again, a summary, the number of hours, the amount of aggravation and stress and gray hairs that have come out of this situation because you know, you have to lock down your entire personal identity as much as you can, and you, and you have to try to trust your bank. Last year, I opened up another bank of account, account at another bank because I was so angry about it. Um, But you know what's so sad about this situation is that because of Bank of America's size, they can just refund you immediately. Whereas smaller banks will actually make you go through the steps of doing uh, doing um, you know a what do they call it when you get a seal? You know the um,
0: certification, certification.
1: uh, You know the the embossing. I forget what they call that. It's um,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: you you have to go to a bank to get it done, basically, where they basically say that you did not spend this money. So the sad thing is, Bank of America has a lot of their customers um, in a bind because they are able to refund them very quickly. Whereas a lot of other banks won't, they'll make them jump through more hoops. And so you're sort of stuck living with, um, an organization that is, is very, um, not caring about their customers because the other organizations, the other banks don't have the wherewithal to, um, to, refund as quickly. What I will say is, in talking to law enforcement, I will say that some law enforcement have been lovely, some law enforcement have been really dropping the ball on this. Just like in any institution, in any field, there are great people, there are not great people, but what I have learned from this is that uh, most people in law enforcement recommend against banking with Bank of America um, because they see this all the time with Bank of America, uh, because of either its its breadth of coverage or the fact that they're able to refund customers so quickly. I don't know if it's the quality of the call screeners at Bank of America, but this happens quite a lot with Bank of America. So what the police have told me two years in a row is that they usually recommend going to smaller banks. Uh, Obviously, you, I know, would have the advice of just going in with Bitcoin, um, and that may be a very wise decision as well. Um, But I I think that I at least want your viewers to know that it is so rancid um, the way in which the corruption and lack of follow-up that there, I have someone's address. I have someone's city and there's no ability to lock this person up. There's no person, there's no, for all I know there's no, no, no attempt to even interview this person or a- ascertain if he's in this country legally, if he's um, someone who should be living in this country and victimizing American citizens. And I think it's just very, very sad that two years in a row I've had July incidents like this that have now bled into future months, both years. Um, and so I am just imploring all of your viewers to, to really tread carefully with Bank of America because um, two years in a row over the phone, my, my account was breached because Bank of America has has seemingly no ability to protect it. Well, it, the,
0: right. you, You're getting into a subject matter of, of overall lawlessness of the United States over the last one and a half years, because this guy has figured out he can get away from with murder. I mean, with financial murder, he probably knows the, the amount he can steal with that. You know, that bank of America will just give the guy his money back. He knows his, I don't know if it's an inside job per se. It, it, it just seems like a guy who's mastered the the, the system. You could steal a certain amount and not end up getting in trouble because I mean, you know where the guy is. He's committed a crime and they came, pay him a visit. It's, it's, it's quite, it's quite unbelievable. Um, but I don't think he's the only one doing this and he, he probably learned it from someone else. This is not, this is not luck. He might have like a, a rotation of like a thousand different names that he's gone through yeah. and he happened to go back yours a second time for some reason. I don't know. Or maybe
1: I'm on a schedule because maybe he waits a year plus because a lot of people may unfreeze their credit after a year. I luckily did not. I had my credit frozen. I will keep my credit frozen and I recommend all Americans do the same because as you indicated, you know, this is a a challenge for all Americans regardless of where you live, what your income level is. If you're an American citizen, you are correct, Adam. There um, There is basically a situation where people who are holding our money, are able to sweep these crimes under the rug and or not cooperate with police and police because they have so many other serious crimes to deal with are under have have the inability to to track these tra- crimes down or they they are being told to not prioritize them relative to other crimes and you know again there's lovely people in all states and there's obviously criminals in every state i'm very concerned that there's whole syndicates of criminals and it's it's bad enough to know there are syndicates of criminals that are are criminalizing American citizens. What I think was really particularly eye-opening for me is knowing that there are large corporations in America, with the word America in their name, like Bank of America, who for whatever reason are not doing everything they can to help these stop these criminals. Because it, it again, I I think it would it would give away from what I have gathered from speaking to law enforcement over the last year is that it, Bank of America keeps a lot of things close to the vest. And because they often refund, people drop it. Like you know, They'll, they'll drop it if they're a, a banking customer of Bank of America. So a lot of this doesn't ever even percolate up to law enforcement. But if it does, law enforcement is not always, um, let's say, given all the details from Bank of America. And so it's this vicious cycle where criminals can can, it's like a symbiotic relationship, frankly. Um, and it, it was very eye-opening to me at Bank of America. And it just got me thinking about how banks generally are, um, you know, really hopefully going on the, I, I don't really see the purpose of banks anymore. If they cannot keep your money safe, if they cannot cooperate with law enforcement to ensure that in your future, your money will be safe. Bank of America is, is, the biggest one. I mean, it's like, if they can't do it, um, you know, hopefully some small banks are still successful at doing it, but it just, it does argue against large banks um, having so much power, so much ability to be like their own country and, and write their own laws and get away with whatever they're getting away with. Because in the process I may have my money back. I may officially not have lost any money because it was given to me, but the, the, in, the amount of hours I've spent on the phone with Bank of America and credit bureaus and other banks to, you know, try to get different opportunities at different banks. I mean, the in law enforcement, the amount of stress, the amount of worry, the amount of fear um, when you have bills to pay. This is something that American citizens should not have to endure at the hands of any criminal. And again, I don't, I don't in this case, of course, the criminal may be of a certain um, location or background, but who knows what they really are. That could just be a front person for some other larger syndicate from a different country, from a different part of the country. So at the end of the day, it's not, um, I think I just want to make very clear, my gripe is with the fact that criminals, like you just said, Adam, are getting away with crime consistently. In many cases, their addresses are known. American law enforcement are either unable or unwilling to follow up. And our largest corporations, are in some cases aiding and abetting the ability of these criminals to continually victimize the American citizenry. And the big losers here are honest American citizens who have trusted banks for generations and who I think need to wake up to the fact that you have to be your own best advocate. You cannot put any any organization on a pedestal, I think as you have maybe said in the past, um, and you really have to um, do everything you ca- can to Hold your money yourself um, as much as possible, in, in a form that you feel as though is going to be safe, because you cannot trust these banks. The bigger the bank, I used to think twenty years ago, well, that means they're safer. Well, I've been I I this I have not felt very safe, and again, I probably aged a great a great bit as a result of this.
0: Well, I would uh, I everybody pound that freaking like button, Johnny NY. Thank you for uh, big ups. Adam's brother. He says, thanks for doing this show, Adam and Adam's brother. Well, Johnny, thank you for the donations. Uh, and guys keep on asking questions and si- keep on sending that, uh, those dollars. We're getting close. We only need to raise 63 to get to an, a, another show. Whenever I, you know, it would be Wednesday would be the next show if we can raise 63, but isn't that to do a show. I need a hundred bucks.
1: Now. I say. I mean, I'm sorry to say one more. I just want to say more, more thing. I would actually have You know, sympathy, empathy, but I don't know what the right word. I would not be as mad at Bank of America if, when this happens, they can direct you to one person, one department, and they, and they, you basically sit down with you at least over the phone and figure it all out and are honest and tell you one story. But that's the other thing. At Bank of America, I have been given at least 10 different phone numbers over the last year. I have worked with not one person has been the same. They will never work with the same person from one call to the next. They, they ship you to one department. They'll hang. Oh, I've been hung up on multiple times by Bank of America. Um, you know, so, and, and again, I've been, once I've actually gotten in touch with different people, they will tell you literally different stories about what happened. They will tell you something happened that did not happen, or the next person will contradict the person you talked to an hour before. So, again, this is a systemic issue. And again, I'm worried that it's not just a systemic issue with Bank of America. I've, I fear that it's a systemic issue, like you indicated with our society at large.
0: Okay, so that's what I want to bring up. In the culture today, there is a lack of respect of property rights, of private property. Yeah, we, uh, last year when you're know, speaking about California, you know, I, I saw parts of Los Angeles burnt down and people said, well, it's only property. We weren't hurting anyone. And people said, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying that. They're just, it's just words. It's just, words. but it seeps into the, uh, it seeps into the culture of, uh, uh you know, there is no respect for property rights among large groups of people. like, Yeah. I stole from this guy. He's going to get bailed back in America's going to bail him out anyway. So we all win. I steal. I don't respect it. It was his property. It's, I didn't kill him. He's alive. He's breathing. It's not like, but, but no, there's no respect for, I mean, property rights, the last one and a half years, uh, no coincidence. It, it, it's gone down the tube people and then law and order, uh, and police, uh, police efficiency. It's all tied together. The police, do they want to work as hard? Do they want to investigate things like this after what they've seen the last one and a half years? No, of course not. So, I mean.
1: And and of course they also, even if they do are working, again, I talked to some police officers in this drama who were lovely and actually very competent, others who were very less than impressive. Um, But I will say this, even if they wanted to do their very best, the amount of crime that has increased in terms of bodily crime, uh, you know, physical crime in the world, not just financial online crimes, are such that they, in many cases, don't have the ability to follow up on these cyber crimes because like you said, they're down the totem pole relative to, in their minds and in society's minds, relative to the stabbing that happened down the street or the the arson or the, the meth addict going wild in the middle of the street. So these are things that prevent law enforcement and again, it's this huge um, undercurrent of lawlessness, criminality. And I will say again, comparing it to Brazil, I mean, the thing about Brazil, um, I guess it's further along. What's happened is that there are just now, you know, different individuals have private armies, private police, private gangs. There's, I almost felt safer in Brazil and better protected in Brazil because everyone realizes there's no rule of law. <laughs> at least they're all at peace with it. Whereas in this country, there's a huge percentage of the population, and, I, and this was me. Over, about a year ago who still had this this idea in their head that you know there's rule of law in this country there's a general there's some corruption but not enough to make your life a complete misery um, there's even a word I don't know, remember what the word is in Portuguese about like how you just have to get by like you got to do what it takes to get by in, in Portuguese But it's a Brazilian word it was created because to survive in Brazil you got to do what it takes to get by that word does not even exist in the English language because Traditionally, at least, English speaking countries were not so corrupt. And
0: generally, they're they're not. I mean, if you travel the world, it's the Portuguese ones that are the most corrupt. But yeah, you continue, (laughs) yes.
1: So so what's happened now, of course, is that I think we I, I also felt motivated to come on your show because you obviously reached a large number of people who have families of all different age groups and all different demographics. And I want people to try to convince their relatives and themselves that you cannot. To, just like the people in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina, you cannot assume anyone's going to protect you when the lights go out and the waters start rising. There is no one there to protect you. There's no one there. Now, Bank of America, again, I will say, I'm very thankful that my money is, is, was refunded to me. But but it shouldn't keep happening. They're a big company with a massive IT expertise. It shouldn't come, ha, keep happening.
0: Well, um, so and personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Personal, don't depend. I mean, this, this is a lesson in this. I mean, and that's why, well, continue. I'm going to tie the Bitcoin in a second. I think you know where I'm going, but.
1: Well, again, again, I, I don't have much more. To, I mean, I'll probably think of more things. I will just say, again, please just tell your older family members, especially, not to trust these banks um, or any institution that was was once an institution of stellar reputation. Because that's the other thing that I think a lot of people are, whether it's with the United States itself a local government, or a company that they used to trust, all of these corporations have been infiltrated um, by different types of ideologies, different types of work ethics. Um, And as a result, they are not, even though they had the same logo, maybe, or the same name as they had 25, 30, 45, 50 years ago, these are not your mom and dad's banks. These are not your mom and dad's police departments. These are not your mom and dad's governments. These are not your mom's and dad's Republican or Democrat party. They've all been corrupted and they've been taken over by narcissistic, self-serving, incompetent, make work, a, a whole diversity of individuals who should not be in positions of authority have been infused within these organizations. Some of them are making millions. Some of them may be making pennies, but the combination is so vile.
0: You know, you, you, it, it, you bring up a great point. They don't have a department that you can, you can talk to where they, they can go over the crime. Like, the, but they do have a, a diversity inclusion, whole huge uh, department about that, right? Hiring. Uh, uh, so, so people always say, well, what's wrong with a big corporation that spends all this money on HR now with all this nonsense? Well, there's only, there's only so much they can spend on. If they're going to spend it on nonsense HR they're not going to spend it on the criminal stuff anymore.
1: Absolutely. And, and in, in this particular case, I mean, Bank of America Associates were even telling me on the phone, oh, you've reached the wrong fraud department. There are multiple fraud departments and they don't work with each other. It's like how the United States has multiple intelligence agencies and they all have collect on their own. And so the issue is that I was multiple times sent on a merry-go-round between credit card fraud, check fraud, online fraud, and there's no one person to go to when you've been victimized in multiple ways, like I have been, to sit down with a Bank of America associate over the phone and get satisfaction that someone is holistically looking over things. And again, because they're shielding the information, in many cases from law enforcement, and saying, well, there's really no crime. We refunded it. So no, he's fine. He's not a, He's not the victim. The Bank of America is the victim. And if Bank of America is the victim and... They're not going to report the crime. The crime is going to go unreported to to law enforcement. So it's because I'm no longer the quote unquote victim because I have my money. Bank of America was the was criminalized. They don't want you to know how many times they're being victimized, and they're just pay, paying off with all God knows where they're getting the the government just gives them money, right? Um, they just <laughs> get the money so that they can just pay to keep the scam going. And whole industries, like you said, of, of criminals are, are sparking up. I don't know where these criminals are. I don't know if they're from China. I don't know if they're from the United States. But they're obviously very sophisticated. Um, but even if they weren't sophisticated, who's even knocking on their door? If it's a one-man show, you could get away with this if you're smart enough.
0: Yeah, I, and that's it. I, there's there's a place that between lawlessness and uh, corporations where you can uh, a gray area where you can uh, do your thing. Uh, your your horrible uh, robbery thing. So I want to bring up that Bank of America, despite everything my brother said here, how horrible they are, and uh, they're going to get into Bitcoin. They're going to end up storing people's Bitcoin for them because people don't want to control their own private keys. And so what we're talking about here, in 10 years, we'll get similar versions with Bitcoin. Now, of course, um, it'll be harder to bail out people Uh, You know, if they get their Bitcoin stolen from Bank of America, just for Bank of America to put the Bitcoin back in the bank, but they still might be able to pull it off because uh, people just valuing their wealth in uh, in dollars so much. So, I mean, this is the thing. Third parties are bad. (laughs) And even if the third party transitions to Bitcoin, this isn't going to be erased. This isn't going away. Something like this will still be able to be done in a, in a world that doesn't, in a country that doesn't respect property rights in a world that's gone lawless and gone woke. So, uh, for those of you, uh, who think that, you know, I, I'm going to be able to store. I still like banks in the sense that I'm a Bitcoiner, but I'm going to keep my Bitcoin in a third party. This can happen to you. This can happen to you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be based around dollars. It can be based around Bitcoin. Okay. There's corruption within big organizations. There's a, uh, a culture of lawlessness throughout the whole country. And if you don't control your own private key, you are susceptible to uh, issues like this.
1: Right. And as we saw with the Soviet Union, though, the bigger it gets and the more control and power it gets, the ultimately the harder the, the fall. Ultimately, I really feel strongly about that because Bank of America, I mean, so the thing is Bank of America gets a lot of money from the government. They get, you know, a, a front row seat to the, to the money coming out from the fed etc you know that's why of course a lot of these accounts are insured fdic accounts obviously and so oh, forth yeah. now with with bitcoin because they have so much money sloshing in there from sources um bank of america does i can envision a situation where they where they'll guarantee a minimum amount of your of bitcoin even if they can't actually retrieve it back because they wouldn't be able to retrieve it back potentially uh, but but You know they probably won't be able to give you nearly the guarantee that they can in u.s dollars because again the u.s government and i work in college admissions of course so i see this with student loans all the time the u.s government is the real villain in the story of student loans and how they are not dischargeable in bankruptcy it's all because of law in the united states and how so many lives have been ruined because of the inflation of college costs because of the money that the federal government the federal backed loans basically Um, So that's the same thing with banking. That's the reason why this money can be, ultimately it trickles up so it can be refunded to me so quickly. That may not happen near, that can't happen as much with Bitcoin because again, Bitcoin is not controlled by a government. Um, And so as a result, the the United States can't just give unlimited Bitcoin to banks to cover themselves and the government itself from the charade that they're pulling, which is this, this, this house of mirrors scam that has been going on again unfortunately for now generations to the point where people it's normalized in people's minds but at a certain point the charade will end it cannot continue because like i said too many americans are being victimized i'm speaking out because i very strongly feel i'm one of many millions but many people are embarrassed many people are um don't want to obviously share or bad math or large corporation i'm doing this because i feel very strongly that again Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Knowledge is power. This is what I tell my students who are applying to college, but this is also what everyone needs to keep in mind as they um, interact with, like you said, third parties or any potential vendor or any businessman or businesswoman. Um, And what's again, so painful as an American citizen to know is that our government and the banks combined are allowing this criminality to be perpetrated against Th- at least thousands of Americans a day. It, it rakes up to millions of Americans a year, and and we are treated like plebes by our politicians. Um, we are treated like like the unwashed masses that we just have to deal with this. This is just a part of life that we just have to ch- be 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 criminalized either physically or financially. It's just something we're gonna have to deal with. We have to pay off places like Life Lock, Lock to try to get our lives back together because law enforcement will look out for you. Your politicians. Uh, won't look out for you. They're more concerned about inanities, you know, the, the, the perversity that they're, con- who knows what they're talking about right now. Nothing that has to do with the actual quality of life of American citizens. Um, and it's, it's very painful. And again, this is a cross-party thing. There's bipartisan disdain for the American population on the part of the politicians, because they could change this. They could change it from the financial side. They could change it from the law enforcement side, at the local level, the state level, at the national level, federal level. But Every day, more Americans are victimized like me, and ultimately nothing, this man will never be caught. Uh, Bank of America will never have to probably answer for this. And I have just aged God knows how many years because of, of the trauma of going through this two years in a row. It will probably happen again. And I've been told on the phone by multiple people, including Bank of America, this is something i will just probably have to keep dealing with because he clearly has your social security number. Well, yeah, clearly, no, no, duh, he does. Um, but but it doesn't mean that these institutions should be allowing me to be criminalized. They should have things in place. But but it's almost like we're just supposed to just uh, be treated like um, like you know how they used to cast out people in ancient societies. They would just say, "Go walk away. You're out of the community." Is is that how millions of Americans are supposed to feel? And that I think again also contributes to why so many Americans are distrustful and mistrustful of our, our government today because. For it's not a Republican or Democrat thing. It is a thing of where for so long, people in positions of power who have had the ability to improve the quality of life of Americans couldn't care less. And so no one trusts that the government is looking out for you because they aren't.
0: But you you said, is this like the old days where you just get cast out of society? Yeah, basically. So you just get into Bitcoin. I mean, that's why I I think that's people are screaming this in, in the chat is uh you know at least that can't be taken away like it is i think we could we could say that dealing with the banking system you don't know what you're going to get you might have a really happy experience and you know, use a bank of america atm and you know every state in the nation but then you might end up in in a situation uh, like like you did and it's it, it's a it's a crapshoot and so bitcoin definitely solves this and yeah i think What's been forgotten during the Bitcoin revolution is that things like this continue to happen. And uh, uh, one reason early on that people didn't, that people like Bitcoin is was they wanted to avoid situations like this. And this has kind of been for, this is a very basic thing like banks can be horrible. They can have no customer service. They can d- make you jump through hoops. Why deal with it anymore? If they, if they clearly don't want you, then go to Bitcoin. So that that's that that is what I say uh, is, uh, and I know it's it's different. You mean, you you've got a lot of uh, you know, you've got a business, you got a family, you got this, that, and the other. So it's 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 easier said than done to convert everything to Bitcoin. A guy like me, I got me, and I you know and I basically all all in Bitcoin. So I don't you know if if my bank screwed me, I want wouldn't be uh wouldn't be the same as as what has happened to you here uh, with the situation. Now, I do want to go back to. Uh, well, first of all, there's someone in California in the chat. MJP uh, says, yep, yeah, why am I paying taxes? Yeah, so yeah, your, your taxes are supposed to uh, pay for law enforcement. And this is clearly an issue of, of law enforcement. You
1: know, you, know what, you know what they're paying for? Again, I work in college admissions. I, what you spoke about earlier, you know, I, there was a study done um, recently. I think it was the Heritage Foundation. And Again, I don't like the Heritage Foundation because they're just as corrupt as every other organization. I want to make that very clear. The person who runs the Heritage Foundation is actually someone who should not be running the Heritage Foundation either, and they don't stand for anything that they purport to stand for, and boomers will send them money thinking that they are looking out for them, and they don't. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because the Heritage Foundation did do a study, and they said that all these public universities, these big universities, University of Maryland, University of Michigan, all have more bureaucrat DEI employees, diversity, equity, and inclusion, officers in, in large roles, then they have history faculty. <laughs> These are massive universities.
0: Where you have spread massive about taking out massive loans that they must pay back to, to, to go to such places.
1: So your, so your tax dollars in, as, in terms of public universities in many cases, um, and this is of course true in public school systems as well, they don't teach history anymore. They don't want us to know about how bad it's gotten over the last 10 years. 15, 30, 100 years in many ways. Obviously, some things have gotten better in in society, but in terms of lawlessness, things have gotten much worse. And they won't, that's just an amazing statistic to me as someone who majored in history um, at an Ivy League institution. Um, It's happening there, of course, as well. All of these institutions, public or private, K through 12 or uh, higher, are prioritizing things that are preventing Americans from knowing the truth about their history. And about how far we've fallen, frankly, um, and that's a, that's proof of it. I think the statistic was um, at the low end like 1.3 uh, DEI employees for every history professor, all the way up to like five to one or four to one larger. So like that that's how little history is being taught, like at Georgia Tech or something. Obviously Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech has less focus on history. But the point is, those who do not know their history are are ignorant. You know, and so they're tr- trying to create a mass of populations, not just in the United States, who know nothing, who are just will do whatever they're told sheep, basically, who will do whatever they're told um, and think the right things, not think in any way critically. Um, that's the only type of person who would who who can sit by and take this type of abuse, thinking people want want to fight back and they're looking for avenues like you're saying with Bitcoin. Um, and that, that will allow them to take their power back, to take agency back. Um, and I encourage all people to seriously, obviously, consider all this. Uh, I also, I was going to say one more thing about, um, oh, banking generally. You know, I've worked in college admissions now, helping students get into, uh, you know, very selective colleges and universities because, you know, that's another world that, you know, people are still turned on by the idea of going to a highly ranked college or university. I even tell students, I'm very unusual for a college admissions consultant, I tell families, you know, don't look look up at an Ivy League school like it's manna from heaven, like this perfect environment or Mi- University of Michigan. It's not necessarily the Ivy League school that existed 15, 20, 50 years ago. Um, but what's so interesting about the clients I work with is that I've noticed, you know, when I started doing this, so many of my clients were interested in going into banking. They were all interested in going into investment banking. So many of the guys, especially, um, or, or consulting. That was where the money is, particularly banking, though. They all wanted to work at Goldman or at that time Bear Stearns or um, you know now they want to, you know, most of these kids they they want to start like a YouTube or, or only fans, God forbid. Um, you know, so the point is uh, <laughs> you know that that's that's the prestigious careers now is to be an influencer, to sell yourself online. Um, and so as disgusting and perverse as that is the one bit of joy I get out of that is that very high achieving students who I work with are not as excited by working at banks anymore because banks have lost their luster in not only the customer side or the everyday banking side, but also the investment side um, because banks are not what they used to be. Again, all these legacy institutions, I feel like uh, you know, if you are in your 20s and, and teens especially, but it's, even if you're in your 30s and 40s, I hope that we all live to see the day that these corrupt, fetid institutions uh, destroy, are destroyed because they they have run out of their purposefulness or they're reformed because as they currently exist, um, they're not as attractive as they used to be.
0: Well, fitting in is very overrated. Uh, you you de- you describe that you know basically fitting in is like yeah, you know I got robbed by bank by some dude in California. I won't complain. I won't make a video about it. I got my money back. I got my house and my white picket house fence. I lost some time. Life goes on. I'm not a complainer. I'll do what the government says. Bank of America is banked up by the government. It's FDIC insured, so I'm never going to lose my money. Why take a risk on Bitcoin? Blah 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 blah. We, so you 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 told me before the show, because we were going over the title. Amazingly enough, and it shows that he's you know my brother and everything. We we thought of similar names for the show. <laughs> Was it uh the. I, I I I a banking horror story. Both of us separately thought that should be in the title, but you said that there's no. Uh, so, and I'm surprised by this. There are no other banking Bank of America horror stories online on YouTube. Um,
1: you I mean, know. there are. There just you would think there would be more, considering what I've had to deal with over the last few years. Cannot just be happening to me. There. I mean, I think there are other. Um, I did review other videos that said stuff like, you know, why Bank of America is hated. But when I read, I read a lot of those because, of course, I was such a victim of them. I wanted to see what they had done to other people. Most of those were about fees or lack of customer service. It wasn't about being literally um, victimized by the bank itself, like truly being victimized, lied to, um, tossed around to criminals like I feel like I have been. Um, so I think there's other issues with a big bank generally in terms of lack of customer service, lack of good interest, you know, rates or more, whatever mortgages, but nothing that that I saw on YouTube, at least that came close to, uh, you know, really revealing the underbelly that is how you were completely not safe with bank of America. If I, after a year last year, going through what I went through could be victimized again um, and they're telling me that they texted me on my home phone number. I said, that's, you know, how ridiculous that sounds. I said, I, I you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, someone who that, and this is not happening. This is not real. You're making this up. And they did to say, well, we can't, you know, share more, you know, yet, you know, there's, this is just, they literally will lie to you to get you off the phone. Um,
0: with, the fo- with, with that phone thing, there is a guy that says your landline number can be built on a mobile carrier database to receive an SMS message, nothing happened to your landline, text your landline and to see if the text is delivered. Well, what-
1: well so that is, that's an extra interesting point. So I did, I did do this research. I I did text my landline and the, you know what? It's so interesting. And I, I, I don't know if he's an expert or what, who's commenting, but I don't believe I got a, an error message back, um, which is frightening. Um, I just assume that's because it was a landline. It doesn't accept messages, but it doesn't necessarily have an automated way to reject it either. Um, But, you know, that is very frightening to think that that there's some way in which, you know, someone could intercept a text to that number when it's a landline.
0: I mean, what this guy is basically saying is someone can use your phone number to set up a text-receiving phone number and then... Be, it's just that doesn't seem right. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, a, anyway, it, it doesn't, doesn't justify what is, has what is occurred at all. I mean, it's, it, it's insane. They should say that then, or, or, I mean, there should be a way to, to block that or, or stop that or.
1: Well, if Bank of America has the nerve to tell me that story, then they know what's happening. Let's say yeah. it's true. Then they should have a way in which they can't change someone's address and, and, and phone number from someone getting a text just because they feel like calling up and pretending to meet, be me at 7:45 Eastern time on a Sunday morning, which was, if it's really happening from California, what is it? Four o'clock in the morning well, yeah. in um, the city in California where I, I, uh, this occurred potentially.
0: Oh my! Oh my! What a what a what a situation. Okay, so uh, I think we covered uh, how it all ties in the Bitcoin, and uh, oh, I, I I wanted to say. We're talking about uh, the just these useless positions that have crept into basically public organizations, and I, I would advise people to. You, you were talking about colleges. I, I wouldn't deal with any public universities. They've totally gone down the tubes. I would. I, I mean, and, and the private ones are, are are following in their footsteps, but they, you know, stick on the private side of things, people. But Back of America, I, I- you, you could say Back of America is private but it's so intertwined. You see, our government has become fascist and it it picks winners and losers. So these big corporations, I mean, there can be benefits using them, but when you get into situations like this, you see how intertwined with the government they are. If there was no FDIC insurance, this wouldn't be going on this. They would catch these criminals. Okay. They know they're going to be, you know, they're going to be bailed out. Uh,
1: well, that's the, exactly. That's the same thing that happened in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. All the banks got bailed up. There's been all the all airlines. We're just hearing after this week of all these airline horror stories. They got bailed out just last year by Trump. You know, a time and time again, these failed entities that are basically zombie organizations that have proven how what a failure they are have been bailed out by the government. And so they are all the a, a pri, They all appear to be private, but they are basically living on same thing with social media government largesse and government carve outs and um you know so as a result you're right they're all just a corporate face to the government that stands behind them and it, and they're inter- the people working in government go back and forth between the banks and government depending on the administration and both administrations again I want to make two things very clear this is not a political rant this is there's massive corruption on both sides of the aisle and I'll also say I Craig Uh, Meister is my name. I strongly believe in diversity. I strongly, I went to the student diversity leadership conference as a youth. I went to the people of color conference. I drank the Kool-Aid. I still believe very strongly in the importance of diverse opinions and the value that comes from that. What I do not believe is having diversity be the primary uh, value system of every organization to the point where it may uh, change the ability of the organization to function um, at its very best. And where other values like customer service, like, um, you know, quality of education and different things are lost, which were the founding principles of lots of organizations. But many organizations now have turned their primary focus to not even diversity, because actually lots of the individuals that adam i think you were talking about are not as interested actually in diversity at all that's a a cover name story they're more interested in um equity
0: equity um
1: and equity is actually not really the same thing as diversity at all um and um is just actually just a, a nice sounding word um but definitely they are not interested in diversity i am very pro diversity as long as uh, the diversity does not uh, prevent the the organization from functioning the way it should.
0: Now, again, someone in the audience came a little late. They said, "Is this your brother?" "Yes, this is my brother. I have I have siblings. Who knows how many brothers and sisters I have? But this is a brother of mine, and uh, he's been on the show before. But I, I want to go back to the, the the culture again, and it's a culture that no longer respects success or. Um, Rule of law uh, and property rights, and people just say those are old fashioned. We're a it's a, a postmodernist world, and I I make up what, what is truth now, and it, this is what happens. This it, it, it just, and that's why I like Bitcoin so much <laughs> because it's it's so simple. It's just it's just a bunch of numbers. They can't change the rules of the game. It's it does it can't get politicized. It isn't going to become inefficient. Uh, and so we, we are definitely in interesting times and more and more normies that deal with normie institutions are going to see freaking things like this happen. And it's just, if we could, people, people downplay the, the quote unquote culture war, but I think logical people out there just have to stick with their guns and keep on speaking the truth. And just to, they're very simple truths respect other people's property. You know, you can hire who you want to, you run, run a business the way you want to, but I'm going to run my business with merit in mind. Okay. I want the best and there's nothing wrong with the best anymore. And and everyone wants to be a victim. Everyone wants to have something wrong with them today. What's, what has happened for, for, to striving for greatness? And uh, I think it'd be great if more intellectuals talked about this. You, you bring up the Heritage Foundation and everything. Um, it, it would be great. You know. It, they, they bought into this whole game. I mean, it, 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 it seems like the only way these foundations want to fix things now is by more interference. We need more freedom. That, that is what we need. We need the government to step away, less regulations. less. If the banks were less regulated. If the banks were not insured they would run smoother this would not happen. they wouldn't they couldn't treat their customers like dogs and criminals like kings uh, <laughs> i mean was, that's what's going on that's the perverse incentive system that has been set up uh due to the fascist nature of of, of the government sometimes is that uh you you you're gonna uh you you can't you're too big to fail if you've been deemed too big to fail of course this, this type of situation is going to happen all right, now uh someone says uh okay, not, all right, l- l- I want to say Craig is my brother's actually gonna make a uh, the thumbnail for this. He's good at thumbnails and his so his uh his college site is linked to below. Sightseeing TV sent $9.99. Thank you, dude. We only need $50 more dollars for the next show. But uh, Craig, I I see on you've got some recent shows here I want to ask you about real quick. I mean, one of them is really like clickbaity here, dude, what's the right size for my college list? And it's got this hot girl on the front and she's got wash you on her cleavage. I mean, that, that's where I went to school. What are you trying to say there? You know, wash you is all, and, and, and then you see, there's another one, your college application must demonstrate addiction. What's that mean? Your college I you. Listen, get, get well
1: started. you know I I'm not that successful in terms of YouTube promotion but what I have learned is you do need to have a uh, you know striking headlines and striking imagery um, it can't just be the same face every time and so I do have some videos online that are free to families and students who are transitioning from high school to college and I try to get them excited to click on those but in terms of your college application must demonstrate an addiction That's actually true. Um, It's an addiction to a one to two to three activities um, or causes that have been important to you because colleges these days really like to see students who uh, have devoted their extracurricular time to uh, two to four thematic areas, let's put it that way. And if it looks like you are um, someone who doesn't have any strong passions or addictions, um, you will be less exciting to the admissions officers who are reading your application in terms of the size of your college list. Um, yes. So I did get an image there of someone who had a, uh, I think, a measuring tape. Um, and so, uh, you know, did you know
0: did, were you thinking of me when you put wash you on her boob though, were you thinking of me? I,
1: I, I was not thinking of you. No, I was thinking about my clients and a lot of my clients are interested in colleges. Like the ones that I have little images for in my, um uh, in my Yeah, uh, man, These life. are
0: you see. We grew up in uh, I mean, the suburbs of Baltimore. The, they still like they went some of the same places. Michigan, Northwestern. I mean, it's so uh, it's the same. Yeah, a
1: lot has changed, but a lot has not. So you're yeah. right. A lot of people. I mean, you're there.
0: worldwide, though. You're worldwide. I, I'm just thinking. It, I gotta say, our little uh, that our little the, the suburbs of Baltimore, the private school people of Baltimore. That's gotta be one of the more uh, competitive uh parts of the country, right? uh
1: well for okay. college admissions it's it's um competitive i mean there's definitely more competitive places new york city new jersey
0: yeah they're richer i mean la and they were in, involved in bribes but i mean there are plenty of people back in our day that would bribe probably if they if they had a chance to, to get their kids into college i'm sure Yeah. so
1: you and i went to a school though where we we were taught there was like a you know it was all about being honest and and moral um and these days um you know, I think that since it's similar to this conversation, a lot of people don't prioritize um, doing the right thing, even when no one is looking. Um, As a result, there's been a lot of corruption. Again, that's why, you know, I know corruption. I work in the college admissions industry. There's been a lot of corruption in this. I just can't believe the banking industry is as corrupt. Um, And that's, again, why I came on the show. But um, in terms of college admissions, uh, it's it's very sad that, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, desire to go to the same schools, um, and to get in those schools, have not increased the number of seats at those schools. So as a result, there's a lot of silly business or funny business going on in terms of trying to get people in. And of course, the big thing in the last year was all of these colleges are no longer requiring SATs. Or SATs. <laughs> I,
0: I don't even understand how it's going to be done. I mean, it's so, it's a slap in the face to these minority kids. Uh, they're just, yeah, we'll just let you in because you're a minority. You don't even have to take the test anymore. And it, I mean, logically, some of the kids at their schools are just going to assume they're idiots. I mean, well, they, they changed the rules to get these people. They don't even have to take the well, test anymore. It's,
1: it's very sad. It's actually not, you know, the, the, the test optional movement started actually to benefit. It, it's on one, you know, in the general population, a lot of people think it's there to help students of color. But, and that of obviously you know, a lot of the um, percentages of such students do increase after a school goes test optional. But in fact, who really was there to, most the schools that started first were the liberal arts schools, um, the small liberal arts schools that were very white.
0: Sarah Lawrence didn't want to, they had so- No, you know
1: why they they did it? They did it so that very wealthy alumni who had dumb children, Mm -hmm. who could not test well, could get into these schools. So it actually was there to help rich white people get into schools that they otherwise would not have gotten into because their scores were so bad. And so these test optional policies help very well connected rich white people just as much as they help minority students because um, in both cases they're, they're going to be able, these colleges are going to be able to accept students of lower academic caliber or with lower grades and scores that they would have not accepted had they had to report those scores out um, and again, who's first in line is not any student of color. It's a full pay third generation student, uh, of, uh, someone who's built a building there, but whose scores are so bad and they're a drug addict, but they're going to get in because, uh, mommy or daddy, uh, wants them to go to the same school and, and keep Johnny looking like he's functioning in society. When in fact, he's just, uh, a net loser on society. Um, and that's who has helped most. I wish. Underserved minorities were helped most by these test optional policies, but in fact, uh, especially smart ones, because there's a great number of smart ones who go to failing schools, like in Baltimore City and other places, um, who are smart and who had to endure 12 years of poor education, but who are still able to test well. What the getting rid of the test optional does is prevent people who are really, really smart and have horrible teachers and horrible schools from from studying for a test and proving themselves objectively. And you're right, it's very condescending. It's assuming that certain types of students cannot do well when in fact they, they can do well and we should expect the same of all students. Um, but again, don't be fooled by these test optional policies, they are there not because of COVID and not because any college cares about the health of the students. Uh, it, it is there because they want more applications from all comers and to look more selective than ever and in the process of accepting students, they're going to be able to accept stupid alumni who gave a lot of money And also on the side, I'll be able to accept some more minorities as well, who maybe went to failing schools and didn't have as strong scores. But again, the the primary beneficiary of this are stupid white people.
0: Now, I want to say, I brought up Sarah Lawrence. When I was getting confused about, there was an article like 10 years ago, I don't know what it was. uh, But Sarah Lawrence is a a very expensive school that rich people. uh, It's liberal arts. It's it's horrifying. Um, uh, But they, they strongly believed. And the reason I remember this is Wash U, believe the opposite sarah lawrence thought it was wrong to give a full scholarship to a smart wealthy person but WashU, you you know they want to get the smartest possible person and you know if they, if they were some chemistry genius they would offer to do they didn't they didn't care if his parents were rich they want him to come to the school so they would give him a intellectually based uh, scholarship and i i agree with that i mean if you've got scholarships uh uh, you know, and, and you want a true scholar and you, you want to bring that awesome brain to your school, of course you're going to let them go there free, even if they're, if they're, they're wealthy, I, I think. Uh, but that, that's what I was getting. Sarah Lawrence was, was not down with that at all. They weren't going to give any rich person, a, uh, uh, or at least they said, a, a, a rich, smart person a free way in. Now, the other thing I want to say about college that you brought up before, and then I'll, I'll let you go, uh, is that it is good that there are more people going the entrepreneurial route that don't wanna work for these big corporations anymore. I really love the entrepreneurial spirit and we're living in a golden age where there are so many opportunities. And in fact, um, this won't bother you because you know know that fitting in is overrated, but most parents are gonna do anything to get their kids into college and they're gonna force their kids to go to college. But in the golden age we're living in, there's really no reason to go to college anymore. If you really are a true entrepreneur and a smart person, you can start your own uh, cryptocurrency bit, whatever. You'll be fine. But uh, m- most people's uh, parents would not allow that. You know, and, and, and where we're from, I mean, it would be a dis- would it, would it, it would be like a disgrace if, if the kid didn't go to college. You know, like, what's wrong with your kid? He didn't go to college, even though he might be like making a million dollars on the side, or side. Like people can't even grasp that. So I, I am happy to see that uh, that that nowadays people want to work at banks anymore or want to work at these big uh, bohemus and maybe they want to go uh, start their own thing so
1: well you're right and just but it's the same mentality of like yeah I think it will wear off eventually um, and there are obviously still some degrees that you do want to go to college for like yes. medicine obviously we want smart doctors hopefully and educated doctors and nurses and there are some careers that you really should go to college for but you're right for a lot of different you don't need a college degree to work at Starbucks. You don't need a college degree to um, do a lot of the jobs that are available left to Americans these days. And to go into debt for that, especially, is uh, not wise. So I always tell my clients that, you know, they got to look up the return on investment um, before they worry about the status that is, you know, the bumper sticker or reporting on Facebook <laughs> that oh, they're going to Oh, those bumper
0: stickers, baby, where we're from. I mean, it is so, oh, it's so much status seeking. I mean, it's, it's, it's. Uh, yeah, we get-
1: a lot of a lot of a lot of consumer decisions based off status, and again, I think that's why also the banks are still in business too, because a lot of these a lot of legacy mentality oh, yeah. is is foisted upon these companies, and they you know they get clients because they have the name recognition, they have the prestige, you know Yale, Harvard, uh, Georgetown, and these are all schools that at a different time, you know, meant something different than they actually literally are today. Same thing with Bank of America and Wells Fargo and these others, Um, these are not your dad's and mom's bank. Uh, Even if they have the same name or or headquartered in the same location, uh, they are very different. And again, it goes back to what you say, which is you have to be a savvy investor. I always tell my clients, you have to do your due diligence to make sure that you are in making the right investment in terms of college. And I, I think that you have to be a very smart, savvy investor and do your due diligence when it comes to deciding what you should be doing with your hard earned money.
0: Uh, everything boils down to branding this day, these days, people. He, he, I mean, you don't want to be branded a, uh, a thought criminal either by, by the media. That's why everyone goes a certain route. Everything is branding and peer pressure. If, if you just look past that and you know believe in yourself, Instead of wanting to fit in, things are going to work out uh, uh, much better for you in life. But most people fall for the branding and, uh, you know, they can't, they don't trust themselves. And uh, I I will say, you know, you you keep saying it's not your parents' bank anymore. Um, And the funny thing is Bank of America, (laughs) our parents' bank uh, got bought out. I mean, after you bring up grandma and everything, you could really say she was at Bank of America for like, because it, she was at Maryland national bank got bought out by bank of america but i do think, keeping my grandma in mind um there are she's obviously gone now but uh, as people know here and we miss her very much but there are people in their early 90s that still had bank bank of account you know they, they 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 gone with the system totally and they still have a savings account i i gotta i gotta i mean i feel bad for these people because there's still a few people left. They might be like 92 years old. They never got on computers. And thus, they might be getting robbed by dudes like this in California, like nonstop, and have no way to stop it at all. I mean, there must be, a, a if they could get your social security number, there's no doubt that these criminals must be aiming for the older, the, the 90 and up people, m- much more so. And they're probably getting, they're pl- probably getting away with it completely like they're not even getting bailed. Like those people might not even get their money back. So uh, you, you, you jarred my memory there when you people talk about it. it's not your, uh, because these people are still, they're still in the mindset. Like, well, it's Maryland national bank. Is it? No, it hasn't been Maryland national bank for 25 years, dude. You're, you're part of a big conglomerate and they don't give a darn about you anymore. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, that's part of getting old too. Think things do change. And uh I, I just, I do wonder uh, how many old people are getting really wrecked by this stuff. Well, on, on that happy note, uh, anything else to add?
1: No, I don't have anything else to add. I just, I hope all of you, as all of your viewers probably already know, they have to really take care of their money. They have to be making sure they have as much protection on their accounts where money is held by third parties as possible. And I do tend to agree that any, any new... Um, technology that will allow people to be custodial of their own money in one way, shape, or form, or currency or form is probably a really valuable technology to bet on because it's very clear that these institutions that are getting bigger and bigger are either unable or unwilling to protect your own money. So you have to do it for yourself.
0: All right. Good, good words of wisdom. All right. Uh, his links are below. Check him out. He's the college meister. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the disrupt Meister. We raised like 13 more bucks this show. So we need 50 more for me to do another show. You can contact me, PayPal me, send the 50 bucks, whatever. And we'll have another show until I raise the $50. I will see you then. And uh, thanks a lot, uh, my brother. And thanks a lot, uh, everybody for, for watching this. And I will sign off when I can find the uh, screen. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Pound that like button. All right. Hang on.